Let him know so. Amen. It's a joy and privilege always to be in his house. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the Gospel of St. Matthew, New Testament, Gospel of St. Matthew, and the 25th chapter. The 25th chapter, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 into your hearing. Amen. I ask you to stand with me as we reverence God's Word together. Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to begin today in verse 1. You know, I was talking with my mom this morning coming to church, and we were talking about, you know, she and I both, we enjoy certain preachers on Sunday morning that we watch on television, and we were talking about some of the sermons and messages in which we heard uh, this Lord's Day, and uh, thanking the Lord for those. And many of those sermons, or some of those sermons were certainly addressing things and and. Uh, happenings that we see in our, our current world today. We were reminded that God is never caught off guard. God is never caught by surprise. And God never has to utter the words. I did not mean for that to happen. Are you with me? God never has to say, I did not mean for that to happen. Amen? You and I can't say that, right? But God never has to utter those words. He knows all things. Amen? All things accordingly. Give the Lord a great hand. Hallelujah. What a comfort it is to know and to trust and to follow such a God as that. The Bible tells us in Matthew's Gospel in the 25th chapter and verse 1, says, Then shall, now this is Jesus teaching, Jesus teaching concerning that of the kingdom of heaven. Now if I want to listen to anything that anybody has to say about the kingdom of heaven, it is Jesus. Amen. And Jesus spoke and said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were what? Five of them were what? Five of them were what? And five were what? They, the Bible says, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Look to your neighbor and say, always have enough. Always have enough. The wise will always have enough. Amen. The Bible says that while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. 
as we gather in the house of the Lord today and we give our attention to the Word of God for just a moment. I want to begin by saying that I'm thankful for the Holy Scriptures. I'm thankful for many reasons for the Holy Scriptures, but in the world in which I live and in the world in which you live today, I am certainly thankful for the Holy Scriptures. I'm glad that God's Word always speaks. Chuck, I heard your testimony and I, I heard what you said in the early part of the ministry when God called you to preach and, and struggling for sermons and, and, and what folks fail to realize and what folks don't see. And Diane was able to see, I'm sure, as Carly, is they don't see the hours and hours and hours that we pour ourselves into the Word of God. In search of the message, in search of the Word, in search of the scriptures that are teachable. The word that would edify the church. The word of God that would enlighten the very people that you love, that you care about, and that you pray for. Amen? You are as any pastor would be, you are my life, you are my world. And I have never taken for granted the importance of my time in the Word of God and my time studying and preparing that we might teach the Word of God to the very people we love and care about the most. I dare say that so I look out among the house of God and the family of God today in this congregation. When we think about our world today, I want to be able to educate and edify our church as to our world in 2021. That we have understanding. You know, the Bible says that we are children of light. We're not children of darkness. We're not children of ignorance. We're not children that lack understanding. We're not children that knows not the truth. Amen. And never should any time in the history or the future or the present of the church should we be anything less than that what the Word of God calls us to be. Therefore, we have to know what the Scriptures say. We have to have clear understanding what the Word of God says. And the Word of God has never shot away from truth. No matter the time, no matter the generation, no matter what year it is, God's Word is still and always will be relevant to the day. As we look into these scriptures that I read for our text this morning, we find that the Word of God makes it very simple and breaks it down for us that there are two types of people that live in the world. Doesn't matter what time they live because this principle always applies. There are always just two people or two types of people 
that exist on the planet and live under the sun that God provided, that breathes and draws the air that God provides. Now I can hear some say, yeah, preacher, the rich and the poor. While I hear others say, yeah, preacher, the Democrats and the Republicans. No, it's not political. It has nothing to do with wealth or money. The Bible just simply breaks it down between those that are wise and those that are foolish. Now I'm going to give you a moment. Preacher, is it really that simple? It's really that simple. And it's no different in our world, in our society today, than in any other time. There has always been those that are wise, those that are choose to live by wisdom, and those who are foolish and live very foolish lives. And they are worlds apart from one another. The wise, as the Bible describes, my friends, are those who choose, listen, those who choose to believe in God. The wise, as the Bible describes, are those who put their trust, their faith, their obedience unto an almighty God. As Joshua sounded in his day, it's no different in our day when Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you shall serve, as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord. You see, that's living a wise life. That is making a wise choice of life. Amen? It hasn't changed from Joshua's day to our day. It is still a wise choice of life. That me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to follow in obedience to what the Lord says, to what His Word says. We're going to meditate day and night upon the Word of God. That's what me and my house are going to do. I can't control your house. Amen. I can't tell you how to run your house. I can't tell you what decisions to make for your house. I can advise you that the Word of God says uh, that the wisest choice you'll ever make, the choice of wisdom and to follow wisdom, uh, is to serve the Lord in your house. Amen. The foolish, on the other hand, if I might spend a moment here, the foolish decide very opposite of the wise. Now, I'm going somewhere, so stay with me. The foolish choose to live life independently and apart from God. 
They're not interested in being in church. They're not interested in hearing preaching. They're not interested in worshiping. They're not interested in what the Word of God says. And they're certainly not interested in trying to live according to the Word of God. The Bible declares that that is foolish choice and that is a foolish way of life. But there's a twist to that. And it's the twist that I want to talk about for just a moment. There are those in our world today, just as there was always ever since the beginning of time, there are those who have made the open decision to live foolishly. And they make no excuses for it. In other words, Mike, they know they're foolish. They admit that that, that, that that is their choice in life. We call them atheists. Atheists refuse to believe in the existence of one supreme God. Amen? We don't hear that word or that term as much today. But the Bible certainly describes that that is a foolish choice of life. Josh, you couldn't be more wrong than to believe that there is no God. They're very open about their choice. They're not quiet about it. This is how they live and this is what they believe, and therefore they go about in their daily lives living this foolish lifestyle that they, listen to me church, that they are not accountable unto anybody. Listen, if you don't believe that there is a God, then you don't believe that you are accountable unto anybody or to anything. And when you remove the accountability away, are you with me? When you remove the accountability away because you see they don't believe there's a God, therefore they don't believe that there's a judgment, they don't believe there's a life hereafter, they don't believe heaven or hell, my friends, therefore they don't believe that they have to answer to anybody based upon their choice of life. Sound relevant? You watch the news? You see what's happening? You see what's going on? You are seeing the evidence of those who have made the decision to live life foolishly, believing that there is no God and that they have no accountability unto any supreme being. So they're free to do. They're free to live. They're free to choose whatever they want. You see, they don't believe in salvation. Without the existence of God, what would they need to be saved from? Amen? So that is open. That is open foolishness. That is without excuse. But then there's a twist to that. 
And the twist of that is, I, is what I want you to, to, to see this morning. And the twist of that, and you're going to have to stay with me on this, because this is important, because the Bible says this. This is not something that I'm making up. This is not something that's new. The Word of God has always said this. It's one thing to be foolish and know that you're foolish. It's another thing to be foolish and think you're wise. Woo! Amen? The Bible talks about this. If you'll look with me for just a moment in Romans chapter 1, the Bible brings great light to this and to our understanding. And this is really, really important for our world today. Again, if I title this sermon, it is Your World in 2021. And I want you to pay attention so that you understand the world in which you live. And then at the end... I want to be able to provide some light and some encouragement to we as a church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and verses 21 and 22, and I want you to pay attention to this now because this is the Word of God. The Bible says, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was what? Darkened. Professing themselves to be what? Professing, claiming, acknowledging themselves to be wise. In other words, they think they're the smartest people that's ever graced the planet. Are you with me? They think that they are the wisest people to ever grace the planet. That the earth owes them a great debt. That the earth is blessed and privileged, Bruce, because they live in it. Because, listen... They not just profess that they, they think themselves to be wise, amen. They make it public knowledge. When you profess something, you have to make it public knowledge. They're not living in silence. They're not living in secrecy. They are professing themselves to be wise. So they're making it known. They're putting it out there. We sometimes joke about it, you know. I, I tell my family, y'all can put all y'all's brains together and not come up to mine. I ain't convinced them yet. Professing, the Word of God says, themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now that's a problem. Church, that's a problem. That's a problem for all of society. That's a problem for all of the human race. You might be sitting in your pew, as I did at one time, and back in the day when I was in revivals and listening to great preachers preach revivals, Barbara, and stand clear on the Word of God, and I would be sitting there thinking, okay, not everybody thinks like I think. 
Not everybody believes the way I believe. Okay. I get it. They make choices for themselves. They make choices for their, for their lives and how they're going to determine that they're going to live. Whether I agree or disagree with those, I get it. What's the harm? They're not hurting anybody. Amen? Well, that's not what the Word of God teaches. That's not what the Word of God says. I want you to follow. Look in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25. Again, I'm relating this to those who are foolish but don't understand that they're foolish and think themselves to be wise. Keep that in mind because that's who I'm going to be talking about and addressing for the next little while. So the Word of God says, listen, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25 because that's who the Word of God is addressing. You certainly don't want to change who the Word of God is addressing. And so the apostle is continuing that theme of those who think themselves to be wise but became fools. And he says, listen, in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a what? Hmm. Well, what's the harm of that? What's the danger of that? Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. Boy, there's a whole nother sermon. I could get all off on churches today, my friends, that promote the creature more than the Creator. There's church after church after church that you can attend that is all about you and little to nothing about the God that created you. The Bible says, listen, that those who thought or think to themselves to be wise but became fools, the Bible says that they're willing to do something that you wouldn't dream of, but they're willing to change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Bottom line, church, is those in whom the Bible are describing or is describing are those, listen, who are doing nothing but living in society, breathing and spewing their lie. Their lie. It's important that we get that into our thinking that the Bible says that they were willing to change the truth of God, the truth of God, into a lie. I can't preach, I can't think, I can't say anything that would be more dangerous, more foolish than that choice of life. I like it when you're quiet. We understand that word change. The Bible says that they 
change. Now, I want to talk to you about that for just a moment because it's important that we understand you can't change truth. Are you with me? All of us in agreement. You can't change truth. And so when the Bible says that they are, are, are attempt or that they try to change the truth of God into a lie, you can't do that. That's not even possible. Because truth never changes. Whether you believe it or not, whether you accept it or not, it still don't change. It is forever settled in heaven. And I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but Chuck, when I read that, I looked it up. The word simply means exchange. In the original context of the scriptures, the word change there is the simple word exchange. Now that makes more sense, right? That these that think themselves to be wise are willing to exchange the truth of God for a lie. Now we understand exchanging things, don't we? Amen? When something don't fit right, when something don't look right, when something's the wrong color, we take it back to the store and we say with smiles to the clerk, I want to exchange this. I want to exchange this for something that fits better. Right? Maybe it didn't work and you needed to exchange it for something that worked. Well, that's the proper understanding of the very people that the Word of God is talking about. Those that think themselves to be wise but became fools, are willing to exchange the truth of God for a lie. Because the truth of God don't fit right. Well, get the Lord a hand. That's good preaching. I don't care who's doing it. The truth of God doesn't suit them. The truth of God doesn't make their life more comfortable. The truth of God doesn't match the life they chose to live. And so they want to exchange it for a lie. That they might live a lie rather than truth. Are you with me? They had rather live a lie that they have exchanged truth for. You say, well, preacher, I'm thankful for the Word of God. I hear what the Word of God is saying. Why is that such a serious problem? And I'm going to tell you why that's a serious problem. Amen? It's not just a problem. It's a serious problem. They, in whom the Bible is describing, remember, they think themselves to be the smartest people on the planet. They think themselves to be intelligent. They think themselves to be thinkers. Amen? They think themselves to be smarter than everybody else. And they believe in the very lie, make no doubt about it, they so believe in the very lie that they have exchanged the truth of God for. Are you with me? Stay with me, church. They so believe the lie 
that they have exchanged truth for that they want to convince you. You see, it ain't just enough for them to believe it. They want you to believe it. They want you to accept it. And they will not stop until you do. Amen? Some of you work with them. You see, that's the problem. They're not living somewhere quietly, living out their foolish lives, thinking that they're smarter and more gifted than anybody else on the planet. No, these are your neighbors, your co-workers, your professionals, your politicians, the people in which you live with. And when you refuse to believe and exchange your truth of God's truth for their lie, you're in the way. You're, you become a problem. And when that fits the majority of society, are you in the church? When that becomes the way of life, the foolish way of life for majority of people that exist, then you've got a real problem. Then you've got a serious problem. Now, I know when, I, when God put this message on my heart, and I'm like, you sure, Lord? You really want me to preach this, Lord? There's other things, Lord, I can preach. I want to just read to you the list. I'm going to skip ahead. I just want to read to you this list into your hearing. I've been a Christian now nearly 40 years. 40 years. Myself, like many of you, was blessed to live in a time and a generation when your grandfather and your grandmother would sit you down and talk to you about a day like today. Remember? They could see it coming. Am I lying? They could see it coming. Preachers that preached generations before me could see it coming and preach to their congregation, warning them to get ready and to be prepared about the day that was coming. Listen to the list. It's not that these things haven't always existed, because they always have. Paul wrote about it in Paul's day. But I want you to hear the list that Paul describes. There are 23, listen, 23. Three things that he uses to describe those who have chosen to live life foolishly, exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Are you ready for the list? You sure you're ready for the list? It's ugly. In Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 31 is the list. And the apostle, again, describing only those who think themselves to be wise and became fools. That's who he's talking about. 
And Paul describes them with 23 descriptive terms in verses 29 through 31. He says, listen, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Familiar terms, right? But as the list goes on, certainly in that initial list, there are things that we see more present today than perhaps even in Paul's day when he wrote it, inspired by that of the Holy Ghost. But we certainly see a growing, growing number of society in that list of description. Verse 30, he says, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud. We see a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance today. Proud. Boasters. I said, they think they're smarter than anybody else. And they boast about it. They know what's better for you than you know yourself. Amen? Inventors of evil things. In other words, they sit around and think about how I can accomplish my agenda. If I have to invent a new way to do it, so be it. If it's evil, who cares? I'm going to have my way. I'm going to carry out my agenda. Disobedient, listen, disobedient to parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers. Oh, covenant breakers. You think they care what you think you're entitled to because you're an American? Because you live in a land of freedom? They're covenant breakers. Covenant breakers don't care about past covenants. Don't care about past promises. Don't care about past policies. They're covenant breakers for a reason. The Bible says not only covenant breakers without natural effect, affection, implacable, and notice this last word. What is the last word? Come on, what is it? What is it? Un. Merciful. Unmerciful people are people that have zero compassion, zero love, zero concern for what is fair, for what is decent and for what is accurate. They have no mercy. So they don't care who it hurts or who they have to put their foot on to accomplish their way. 
The Word of God says and describes in this list, and I, I want to focus on out of the 23, out of the 23, I told Carlene about the sermon, I said, I'm not preaching on all 23. We'll be there a while. But there is one that really leaps off the page to me. Because there's several on the list that I think you would agree with me that we see more prevalent today in our society and the world in which we live. But I think that there is one on the list that really leaps off the page as being more relevant to our day. And that one is the one where the apostle says, disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Good parents. Not perfect parents, but good parents. Wise parents. Parents that tried to raise them up in a healthy spiritual environment and home. Parents that tried their best to teach them what a life of wisdom looks like. And they grow up disobedient, unwilling to follow, unwilling to listen, unwilling to submit, unwilling to surrender to the very teachings their good parents that loved them and cared about them taught them all of their life. All of their life. I've got to the point that I say nothing shocks me anymore. all being described in the very list that the Apostle Paul penned hundreds of years ago. You say, preacher, how do I live in such a society? How do I live in such a world? Well, the same is true for you, church. Truth never changes. And truth says that we are called to be light. Truth says that we are called to be witness. Truth says that we are called to be salt. Into the Listen, you're not born out of time. This is important that you understand that, that you were no accident as to why you're living today. God put you in this world for a purpose. And if you don't understand that, if you don't bite on that, if you don't agree to that, and you don't follow that, you're going to be swept away when the time comes for you to stand strong. Be courageous, to be steadfast, and to be unmovable. If you don't understand that you were born in the right society, the right world, at the right time, to be your witness and to be your light, then you're going to miss the whole boat. The whole boat. 
Paul was born for his day. You're born for this day. And God bless us to be the light, the witness, and the salt that he called us to be. Now as they come and get an invitational song ready and we close this morning as they come and everybody stands with me. Everybody stands with me. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed and no one looking around, I want to say to you, church, I love you. I love you. I know this is an uncomfortable message. I know this is an uncomfortable time. You ought to try preaching it. But it's what the Word of God declares. It is what the Word of God says to a people that are living in a time that is uncomfortable, to a people that is living in a world that is ever-changing, to a people that is living in a world that is exchanging the very truth of God for a lie. I don't like it any more than you do. But I'm here. And I'm going to continue to provide hope and courage and strength. I'm going to continue to do all I can to point people to a Savior in Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. That's all I can do. That's all I can be. And that's all you can be. And I'm going to continue. I promise you. I don't stand and preach this without prayer. I pray for our society. I pray for our world. I'm praying for revival. I'm not talking about a spring fall revival where we meet four or five nights together. I'm talking about a real revival where the Spirit of God pours out on people and the Spirit of God moves upon people's heart and lives are changed. I came to church praying for that revival this morning, praying for you and revival within our hearts as God's Word continues to enlighten us to the truth. I ask you, as Barbara just plays, Barbara plays, I ask you, we better be on our knees. We better be praying, not just for our world, but tomorrow's world. We better be on our knees praying for our children, our children's children, praying for their society, praying for their world, praying for our government, praying for our leadership. Wouldn't it be great? I don't care if you watch CNN. I don't care if you watch Fox News. Wouldn't it be great to turn one day and say great revival in Washington. Senators saved. Congressmen and women saved. Wouldn't it be great to hear about hearts, lives being changed to the glory of God starts on our knees I want us to be a church that is educated informed wise prepared courageous ready to stand on the word of God I want us to be a church that is loving compassionate merciful and praying will you be that church you see when I talked about the two worlds 
wise and foolish. There's no middle ground. You're either one or the other this morning. You're either living life wisely or you're living life foolishly. But there is no middle ground. Amen. Wise people will always be prepared. Wise people will always be praying people. And I want to conclude today on our knees before God. Will you join me? Will you join me at the